Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about what's your purpose? Because I would suggest to you probably the biggest question or the most asked question I get in all my years of being in ministry, not just pastoring the church, but all my years, even doing youth ministry and all that, the biggest question I always get, or the one that I get asked the most is, can you, can you come with me on this journey, if you know what I'm about to say, what does God want me to do with my life? Yeah, it's the biggest question. It's the one that I get asked the most is what does God want me to do with my life or what does God want me to do for Him? Can I suggest to you that, that those questions in themselves puts way too much pressure on ourselves? Because we say things like, what does God want me to do with my life? Or what does God want me to do for Him? And so it, it puts all the pressure onto me and my life or, or in a bad way, it's me and my life rather than my life is hidden in Christ. I am no longer my own, but I'm brought with a price. And so it becomes me-centred rather than God-centred and 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 it puts way too much pressure on you to try and discover what it is that God wants you to have or what God wants you to do or what you mean to do with your life. And, and I can remember at 18, 19 years of age, having that big question and, and, and I've got to find this thing that God wants me to do because if I don't find this thing that God wants me to do, then I'm going to miss it and then God's going to be upset with me. And, and I treated the will of God like it's a pinhead and if I miss it, it's all over. And some of you are like that. You're like, you're so frustrated with your life because you're trying to work out what it is that's your purpose. What is your purpose of your life? Or what is the purpose that God has for you? And you, and you get so frustrated because you can't work it out and you can't understand it. And then you think that this is it, but then something happens and it's not that. And so we end up being incredibly frustrated. And the problem when we don't know what our purpose is, is we tend to then misuse our lives or we abuse our lives trying to find out what our purpose is. When we don't know the purpose of something, we tend to misuse it. I mean, I've got a story. It's not a very nice story. It's a story I've told before. I think it's funny. Um, it's a story I've told in here before, but me and my brother and, and, and the next door neighbour kids, we used to play cricket in our backyard with a real, real cricket ball, not a tennis ball, real cricket ball. Um, it did smash a couple of garage windows over time, um, which we did get in trouble for. But, you know, that's, that's called being a child in the 1980s, yes? Yeah, most, most, of, most of those under 25 years of age don't understand what that means, playing outside, <laughs> um, learning to entertain ourselves. And, um, and we used to play cricket with a real cricket ball, so we had this thing called a... Uh, it's called a box, right? And, and it's a plastic thing that you put down your pants to protect the nether regions so that you can have children later on in life when you're married, right? And, um, and my brother, um, he was three years older than me and, and he would always bowl the cricket ball really fast and he, he would purposely try and get you in those regions. So the box was really, really important because it protected you, Right? The problem is, is my best friend, his Darcy, his sister came over and she saw the cricket box sitting on the ground and she asked, what is this? And before we could say anything, she says, I know what it is. It's an oxygen mask. And she put it over her <laughs> mouth. With sweat and everything all over. Woo! 
Why? Because when you don't know the purpose of something, you misuse it. And when we look in the world today, there's a whole lot of people who don't know their purpose that are misusing it with drugs and alcohol, sex, gambling, everything else under the sun because they don't know the purpose of their lives. And so when you don't know the purpose of something, you misuse it or you abuse it. And in Acts chapter 13, verse 36, there's this really cool little verse. And it's a verse about David. David was king in the Old Testament. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. So if you wanna know what God's heart is, then read about David. He was a little boy who grew up to be king. And it says this in Acts 13, verse 36, it says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, he was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. The last part of that verse isn't very nice. But it says here that he served God's purpose in his own generation. In other words, he found his calling, he found his why, he found his purpose, he understood why he was here on earth, what it is that God's purpose was. And and the Bible says that he accomplished God's purpose in his own generation. Uh, Dr. Miles Monroe said this once, he said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it's a life without purpose. It's living a life pointlessly without any purpose. And the tragedy uh, in life is not dying, but it's living with no reason, with no purpose, with no why, with no understanding of why you're here and not knowing what your purpose is. But, but David, it says here that David served God's purpose in his own generation. And out of that one little statement, I'm hopefully gonna show you um, what your purpose is. How many people wanna know what your purpose is? Yes, no, some people don't. You don't wanna know what your purpose is. You just wanna wander around in life and just go to your work every day and eat food and go to sleep and watch TV, binge on Netflix. Do you wanna know your purpose? I've always wanted to know my purpose. Here's the thing. The first thing that we can learn from David's life is this, is that your purpose isn't for you, your purpose is God's purpose. See, I think the biggest problem that we have when it comes to discovering our purpose is that we think that our purpose is for us. Your purpose is never for you, it's not about you, your purpose is God's purpose. And David understood this, and you could even see it in him when he was was running away from Saul, because remember his father-in-law Saul, who was king, when he found out that David was anointed to be king, he chased him and tried to kill him. And and David hid in in the desert and all sorts of places, running away from God, uh, running away from Saul all the time. And, And David says, in the midst of that running, he says this in Psalm 57 verse two, he says, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. His purpose for me. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is for God's purpose. The easiest way to take the pressure off you, understanding that I've got to find out what my purpose is and and fulfill my purpose is to understand that it's not your purpose, it's God's purpose. It's not the purpose that you have for you, it's God's purpose that He has. If you wanna take the pressure off you understanding what it is that you're here for, the why of your life, start with this, that your purpose is God's purpose. That if you can align yourself with God's purpose, you'll be okay. Because David wasn't trying to find his purpose. 
I, I think the biggest mistake I made in my life right up into my 30s was trying to find my purpose. What's my purpose? David wasn't trying to find his purpose. David was serving God's purpose. When I realised that I need to serve God's purpose and fulfil God's purpose, all of a sudden my life started to change and things started to fall into place. And, and I went from somebody who had no uh, higher education other than fifth form, which is what, year 11, um, because I kind of didn't do too well in sixth form because I, I enjoyed lunch way more than I enjoyed physics. Anybody else with me? Um, and, and, and so I, I, I went into this job and I was just doing spare parts for a, for a German, big German diesel engine company all over the world, a company called Deutz. And before you know it, after five years, I'm then the CEO for New Zealand for running Deutz. I had no qualifications dealing with engineers and mechanical engineers and consultants all over the sun. By the way, consultants, you go and get a degree and then you sit there and you just accumulate everybody else's information and then just share it with everyone and you get paid for not even doing anything, but just sharing what everybody else has done for you. Um, it's an interesting thing being a consultant. And, and I'm dealing with all these people. I'm doing big projects like co-generation project that we did at Auckland uh, Hospital where we, where we uh, took gas in and we, we ran gas engines and then we used the hot water off the engines to heat the hospital and then the energy off the engines to run the hospital. But when the, when the um, energy factor on it or the, the, the grid was high and you could, they would sell to the grid and then it became this this um, self-sustaining thing. It's called a co-generation. I had no experience in any of that, but all I did this is I just keep faithfully serving God's purpose. And in serving God's purpose, God just kept on opening up doors for me that were way beyond my skill set, way beyond my ability. And that's the key. It's not your purpose. It's His purpose. If we're going to clearly define what purpose is, the best way to define what a purpose is, is is to understand that purpose is the original intent of the thing that, that was designed. It's the original intent of the designer. And you, my friend, and I were designed and created for the purpose outside of ourselves because we were designed and created in the image of God. You're very quiet this morning. And the challenge is when we don't understand what our purpose is, as I said earlier, we tend to misuse it or we tend to abuse it because we don't know what it is. You know, the purest definition for sin comes from the Greek word hamartia, which is an archery term. And it means that when you're pulling the bow back, and you're firing at the target, it means to miss the target or to miss the mark. Um, you know, we, we had a bit of a leaders retreat earlier this year and we did some archery and there's plenty of people that were missing the mark. Sin is basically where we miss the mark, or let me put it this way, sin is when we miss the purpose. Or sin is when we abuse the purpose. In fact, if you look at why Satan fell from heaven, Lucifer, uh, the scripture says this, you took what I gave you, your gifts and your abilities, and you used them for yourself. And you wanted to be exalted higher than me, and so I pulled 
you down. The reason why Lucifer was kicked out of heaven is because he took the purpose that God created him for and he used it for himself. He misused his purpose. Are you hearing me? It's a violation of the purpose of what he was created to do. It's doing something with our lives outside of the God-given unique purpose and calling that he's placed upon us. That's what sin is. It's doing what we are not called to do and using our gifts and our talents in that for ourselves. And the reason why people fall into sin is because they don't know the purpose of their lives. And so they're always searching and looking for some sort of validation for their lives. And so they go, well, you know what? I'll try this job. Maybe this will make me happy or, or that relationship isn't working. So maybe I'll try this relationship and maybe that will work. Or, or maybe what will bring happiness to my life or purpose to my life is that vacation. So let's go on that vacation. And, or, or maybe it's this experience or maybe it's building this brand. And, and what happens is all of life then gets reduced down essentially to just one big experiment of trying this and trying that and trying this and trying that and I'll try that girl and then I'll try this one and that guy and this thing and that thing. And we're, we're just doing a whole lot of things where it's one great big experiment trying to cross off the list the things that don't fulfill us or not our purpose. And so we just go through essentially our life is reduced to that big experiment just looking for something, anything that brings fulfilment and joy because we don't understand what our original intent is and we are missing the why behind the reason that God created us. And we're trying to find it because we're trying to find purpose for ourselves instead of serving His purpose. And so we experiment and we search and we treat ourselves and we pamper ourselves. And then all of a sudden life becomes all about me and all about myself. And we're looking around at other people and we see what other people have and we wish that we had what they had and, and not realising that they're not happy either. If I had the life that they had, I'd be happy and most of them are not happy. Trust me, before I... Before I started working for the company for Deutz, I used to look after all the VIP customers for BMW New Zealand. And I can tell you, there's multi, multi-millionaires out there that are the most miserable people you'll ever meet in your life. Their marriages have failed, their kids are a mess, suicide's high among them. Just because they've got money, just because it looks like they have success doesn't mean that they have meaning. Are you hearing me today? They may be popular, yet they're miserable because they're missing their purpose. They may be powerful, but they hate their own life. Why? Because there's no purpose. They may be prosperous and financially blessed, yet they're still incredibly dissatisfied because there is no purpose to their lives. They're trying to find what their purpose is instead of understanding that we're created for His purpose, not for our purpose. We were created for heaven, but we live like we're created for this world. And we have to make a change and take the pressure off. We're searching in this world for something that this world can never provide. That's why we need to embrace our why and understand our purpose. Our purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. You're created to do His will for His purpose and for His glory. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is is for God's purpose. 
And I want to tell you, if you can embrace that, that my purpose is for God's purpose, it'll take so much pressure off you because you'll understand it's not about me and it's not about what I do, it's about what He does. It's about what He can accomplish. My purpose is His purpose. The next thing that I'd share with you this morning is you, can't, you don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. You don't find your purpose. All these people are in, I just gotta find my purpose in life. No, no, no. No, no, you don't find your purpose. Because if it's all about us finding our purpose, then it's all on us to find it. Are, are you hearing me? It becomes all on us to do it. All the responsibility. And then the outcomes become our responsibility. But when we understand that I, I don't need to find my purpose, I just serve God's purpose, then I'm not having to make it about me, I'm making it about Him. And when I make it about Him, then He's responsible for the outcomes, not me. My job is to serve His purpose. I don't have to find it for myself. So it takes all this pressure off my life about trying to find my purpose. You see, David wasn't pursuing his dream. David wasn't, didn't have a bucket list and was ticking his bucket list off of all the things he wanted to do in life. He served God's purpose. And when Samuel the prophet, when God told him it's time to anoint a new king and he, and he went to uh, Jesse's house, David's house, and, and, and he's got all the boys lined up and, and he's going through one after the other and they're tall and they're handsome and they're muscly and they're ripped. They've got a six pack and it's all going on and, and God one after the other says, no, no, no. And all the boys lined up, God says no to and and then, and then Jesse's like, Samuel's like to Jesse, is there anyone else? <laughs> and Jesse's response was, well, there's one other, but he's just this little fella, ruddy, skinny, little guy. And we just, we just shoved him out in the paddock to look after the sheep because there's not much use for him other than that. David wasn't trying to find his purpose. He wasn't trying to, to be anything. He wasn't trying to find his purpose, he was just serving. He was just serving, he wasn't building a resume. You know, these are all the things that I've accomplished. He wasn't strategizing how he was gonna expand his empire and brand and get everyone to know him. If he was strategizing out there in the sheep pen, it wouldn't have been very good advice. He wasn't trying to get noticed. He wasn't trying to be discovered. He wasn't looking for his big break. He wasn't looking to make the perfect TikTok so that it can go viral and everybody can know everything about me. What was he doing? He was simply taking care of the sheep. That's what he was doing. In that moment, he was serving his purpose of taking care of the sheep. And in Psalm 78, verse 70, it says, He, that is God, listen to what he says, He chose His servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and the lambs, and He made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. Can I say this to you, especially if you're young? Don't try and get in the spotlight when you're meant to be serving in the sheep pens. Don't try and get yourself out in front when you're meant to be serving in the back. Don't, don't try and think you're the CEO of the company when you're just starting out as the new guy. 
I had a, a business person I was talking to this week and he, he's trying to employ somebody at the moment and, and um, he wanted to employ a young, a young person, a person in their 20s and give them a, give them a chance. But he said what they're wanting salary-wise is just unbelievable. So he ended up employing a 55-year-old guy because just the attitude was so different. He was prepared to start and work his way up, not start right at the top. When it comes to the kingdom, everything about the kingdom of God starts small, yeah? If you can be faithful in a little, God will give you much. You just, you just be faithful in what's in front of you. Serve your purpose, serve your business, serve your boss, do whatever it is that you ask, just, let, just do that and God will faithfully promote you beyond your ability. Because faithfulness is, is the currency of heaven. Where David, where was David when God called him to his purpose? He was serving. He was doing what he was faithfully called to do. Can, can I say this? He wasn't seeking position, he was serving purpose. He wasn't seeking position, he was serving purpose. I think too many people today are seeking position, not understanding that when you serve purpose, you get position. When you pursue position, you don't get a purpose, but when you serve purpose, you get position. Why? Because faithfulness is the currency of heaven. So quiet today. You know, there's a guy called Goliath, right? In the Bible, we know the David and Goliath story. And, and Goliath basically held a whole entire nation, right? Hostage. Everybody was in fear of him. He'd come out every day and, um, and he'd say, I'm Goliath and, I'm the, and he'd talk, talk a lot about himself. Um, talk about how amazing, how awesome he was and I defy the armies of Israel and you send me someone to fight me and if they can beat me, then you win. But if I beat them, then we win. And, and every time he'd come out and do that, it says that the whole army of Israel would run away. And we know the story, we know that David rocks up and David turns around and ends up taking on Goliath, right? And ends up ending Goliath's life through the power of God. He has this incredible victory of defeating Goliath. But I've always wondered why did God choose David in that moment? Why was it David that God chose in that morning? I mean, I mean you gotta remember, David's just this little teenager, right? He wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the most ripped he wasn't an MMA fighter. He wasn't boxing heavyweight champion. He wasn't the richest. He wasn't the most powerful. He was just a little boy. He was a, he was a teenager. The Bible says that he was ruddy in looks. I don't know what ruddy in looks means. You know? I don't think I've ever said, what, what, what is, you know, it's so awesome to have Dave and Gina visiting us this morning, but I don't think anybody's probably ever described their beautiful boy Parker as, yeah, he's ruddy looking. It's not a normal conversation, is it? It's not the normal way that you would describe somebody. You know, what? oh, Madison's got, got a, a boyfriend. You know, I don't remember saying to my mum, and my mum going, oh, what does he look like? He's ruddy. It's just not the kind of thing that you knew, use, you know? Like, it's not, it's not spectacular, right? But here he was, this little boy, this teenager, and you know what he was doing? He was bringing lunches to the warriors on the front line. He was the lunch boy. Remember having lunch, boys? I remember when I was at school, you got to be a lunch monitor, remember that? And you get time off class to go and distribute the lunches. 
It was like, it's one of the best things just because it got you out of class. He was a guy who was faithfully doing what he is asked to do by his father. Go and take lunches to your brothers on the front line. He was serving when God chose him for that moment. He wasn't hoping for his big break. He wasn't looking for his big opportunity. He was just faithfully serving in that moment with what he was asked to do. David, the Bible says, served God's purpose to his generation. He was serving God's purpose in his generation. I hope you're you're getting this this morning. It's not about serving my purpose. It's serving God's purpose for this generation. God's purpose for this community. God's purpose for this family of mine. God's purpose for my child. Not my purpose. I might want them to go to university, but God's purpose might be for them to go to Bible college and be a missionary overseas or become into ministry. Or maybe my purpose is that they become an accountant, but maybe God's purpose is they become a builder. Maybe your purpose is they become a lawyer, but God's purpose is they become a plumber. Like what is God's purpose for my kids? What is God's purpose for my marriage? What is God's purpose for my church? What is God's purpose for my community? What is God's purpose for my nation? Because like David, I want to be someone who serves God's purpose to this generation and not my purpose. And it takes all the pressure off me because I don't have to come up with stuff. He's already got it all in hand. You don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. And what's God's purpose? Some of you are gonna find this really lame when I say it, but you'll be okay. If you wanna serve God's purpose, start serving God's people. And when I say God's people, it doesn't mean the ones inside these four walls, because everybody is God's people. Everyone has been created in the image of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for everyone. God's people are not Christians. God's people are everybody. You wanna serve God's purpose? Start by serving people. And some of you right now go, man, that's so lame. I wanted something really amazing and you know, life-changing statement. You know, like, I don't really want to serve God's people. I'd rather write a best-selling novel or I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to make six figures or I want to be an influencer. You know, serving people, that's just really lame. It's so last century. Um, can I just say this to you? It's never lame to love. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Let this mind be in you as was in Christ, who humbled himself to serve people. What's God's purpose? Serving people. That's his purpose. If you want to serve God's purpose, start serving people wherever you are. Mark 10, 45 says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. That was Jesus' purpose. The whole reason why He came was to serve the Father's purpose. 
to die on the cross for the sins of the world. Jesus wasn't here for His purpose. Jesus got to do some really cool things in the process, like raising the dead, healing blind eyes, deaf ears. You know, like that's pretty, I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. What did you do this week? I went to work. (laughs) Took some orders on the phone. Oh, what did you do this week? I raised the dead, saw blind eyes open, deaf ears here. How many people think that's a better work story? Jesus did some amazing things, but his purpose was that. Not to be served, but to serve the people that God created, give his life up as a ransom for them so that they might be saved and return back to the original intent of what they're created to be. That was his purpose. If you want to serve God's purpose, start serving God's people and don't wait, do it today. Do it right now, do it this afternoon. Because it's not about you, it's not for you, it's not for your glory. Remember, David was a man after God's own heart and he served God's people. If you're in business and you want to be successful in business, can I encourage you, don't make it about you. Don't make it about what you're trying to accomplish. Don't make it about wanting to be important. Don't, Don't make it about wanting to be the CEO. If you want to make, don't make it about making a name for yourself or about having heaps and heaps of money. No, 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 listen to me. If you want to do well in business, listen to me. Create a product that serves people. Create a business that blesses people. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about creating something that impacts other people's lives. We don't serve our own ideas, we serve God's purpose. Can I just get Zoe up on the keys? It'll be cool. It's taken me a long, it took me a long time, if I'm honest with you, to come to this place, probably the first eight years of of ministry here. I I just had in my mind that I I wanted to build this big church and this big ministry and have 3,000 people in the place and, you know, just because that's that's what, that success, that's what I believed we were taught was success in the kingdom was having this big church. And so for the first eight years, I, I, I pursued that. I wanted to build this big ministry. I wanted to build this massive ministry and I felt like God say to me, don't build a big ministry, just love someone faithfully. Just be faithful in the small things. Love one person faithfully. Serve them when nobody's looking. Love one person faithfully and as their life gets blessed, they're gonna tell other people about how blessed their life is. And before you know it, you're now just not loving one person faithfully, you're able to love two people faithfully. Serve two people faithfully. And then all of a sudden you've got two, goes to four people and five people and 10 people and 20 people. Why? Because we're not focused on trying to build a big ministry. We're just trying to be faithful and loving and serving the one. And when we love and serve the one, we can make a big difference and a big impact in this world because when you're faithful in the small things, God gives you much. The mistake I made when I first came, when we first came here is the church grew really quickly in the first three years and then I started to try to be faithful in the big stuff and lost the faithfulness in the small stuff. 
Beak never comes out of beak. Beak always comes out of small. Loving one person faithfully. Serving one person faithfully. Ritz-Carlton is one of the one of the biggest hotel chains in the world. It's, it's meant to be the best. They say it's the classiest hotel chain in the world. And what they teach their staff is this, is they say to them, every customer is a $10,000 customer. Now, you can stay in one of their hotel chains for about $250 or $300 a night. It's not, it's not a cheap chain, right? It's a, it's a five-star hotel chain. But they never treat the person checking in as a $300 customer, they treat them as a $10,000 customer because they understand this, that if they can treat that person right for one night, over the period of their lives, they might stay 100 nights, which makes them a $10,000 customer, not a $300 customer. Now, I know we're talking business here, but I think it's the same principle in the Kingdom of God. If we can love that one person and faithfully say, serve that one person in this now moment, that person could become a $10,000 customer. You know what I'm saying? Everyone talks about Yongi Cho and how amazing Yongi Cho was. And if you don't know who Yongi Cho is, he was an incredible um, guy in, in, in Korea, pastored the world's largest church with over a million members in the church. Seven services on a Sunday of 35,000 people per service. Now there's a volunteer team required. But nobody ever talks about the nurse that witnessed to him when he was a Buddhist as a young boy and led him to Christ. She was faithful to love and serve one person. And that one person went on to lead a congregation of one million. I was had the privilege of being interviewed on on Radio Rima and Star and Life FM this week about what we've been doing in Uganda with Tear Fund and Compassion. And, and since 2019, this church has sponsored just over 100 children in, in Uganda and Kampala through different people in the church. And it just hit me as I was being interviewed, just in that moment, that they were talking about $13 a week changes one child's life. And I realised, no, it doesn't change one child's life. It changes an entire family. We know that statistically when we support one child, it actually affects all the other children in the family. It also will affect the parents because it's one less thing that they have to worry about. But not only that, 85% of these children go on to university or, or what are, end up getting high paid jobs, which means that not only do them and their siblings and their parents' lives change, but those kids' children's lives change and their grandchildren change and their great-grandchildren change and their great-great-grandchildren change. That $13 a week isn't changing one life, it's changing generations. And that's why Amos said this, that the reaping has overtaken the sowing. How do you reap more than what you've sowed? Because when you sow faithfully into the life of one and love and serve one, there's generations to come afterwards and the reaping starts to overtake the sowing. What's God's purpose for my life? Love God's people. Love God's people. Love God's people. Love God's people when nobody's looking. Love them. Love them. It doesn't start with what I want. It starts with what God wants. Serve His purpose. Get involved where you are. Serve to make a difference. 
That's when your life will, will be fulfilling is when you feel like you're making a difference in the lives of others. You're not called to seek a platform. You're not called to seek power or position. You're called to serve God's people. Volunteer, be a prayer warrior where nobody else can see it. Just let God use you. Get down on your knees in your, in your room where nobody else can see and pray and believe for the healing of somebody who's sick or serve in a team on Sunday like at Ignite or, or in Spark or one of the other areas or even in hosting team or making coffee or joining Tamar and the hospitality team and making incredibly awesome food. And, and by the way, just make sure that you save a slice of the pina colada cheesecake for me today, please. Make a difference, get in the game, serve God's people. Go pick up a gift card and sneak over to a solo parent's house or somebody that you know is struggling and, and drop that gift card in the mailbox. No note, know who, who it's from or anything, just a God bless. Just do it. Drop it off and smile and serve God's purpose. Get a bunch of friends together and bake a bunch of cookies and then write notes to, to leaders or people that have, that have really influenced and helped you in your life and sneak around to their house and drop them off in their letterbox or knock on their door and run away. No name on the bottom, just a way of saying, hey, we love you, we appreciate you, thank you. Just serve God's people. That's His purpose. Reach out to someone who's down and discouraged and pray for them, encourage them, lift them up. If you're feeling a little empty now or you're feeling a little like something's missing from my life, maybe it's because there is something missing from your life. You're missing the opportunity to do what you were created to do, to serve someone, to love on someone. The greatest joy and the greatest thrill of my life has always been been used by God to make a difference in someone else's life. No matter how big or small that may be, making a difference. Your purpose is not the next big event. Your purpose is faithfully serving today. 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 The problem with serving is this. You don't get paid for it. You don't get award for it. There's no award like for best servant. Right? Sometimes when you're serving, you never get thanked. But here's the thing. When you pluck an apple off the apple tree, I don't think many people thank the apple tree for producing apples. And, and all the time that I've, and, and I used to do that a lot, because we had, when I was growing up, we had an apple tree in our backyard and I, I didn't pluck an apple off that apple tree and go, thank you, apple tree. I so appreciate you producing apples. Thank you so much. Why did I never thank the apple tree? Because the apple tree is meant to produce apples. When the fig tree looked like it was producing, but it wasn't producing, Jesus cursed it. I'm not saying we shouldn't thank people for serving, but friend, if you're looking for thanks, then you're doing it wrong because serving is just what you should do. Because that's God's purpose. Serving people is God's purpose. Your purpose isn't to binge Netflix. Your purpose isn't to save up a whole lot of money 
and do what you want with it. Your purpose isn't to become famous or well-known or powerful. Your purpose is always for God's glory. Your purpose is always His purpose. David was taking care of the sheep. He was serving his brothers, bringing lunch. Wherever you are, don't let the devil talk you out of what you're doing. Don't let him tell you it's insignificant, it's small, it doesn't have an impact. Everything you do in serving others makes eternal impact. If you love people enough, you'll find a way to do this. You can make excuses or you can make a difference, but you can't do both. You can make excuses or you can make a difference, but you can't do both. So I want to tell you today, tell the excuses to get behind you. Tell the devil to get behind you. And let's be people that serve God's purpose. David, as I said a thousand times, was a man after God's own heart, yeah? And that's why he served God's purpose. And to be honest with you, I couldn't be more thankful for a church like our church that is God-centred and others-focused. And I really believe we are. You're generous, you're prayerful, you're loving at heart. To raise the amount of money we've raised for Lakina in three months in a church our size, all the pastors that I know when I tell them, they're just like, they can't believe it. Why? Because you're generous, you're loving, you're caring. All I'm saying is, let's take that to the next level, yeah? Let's take it to the next level. Let's, let's be people that serve God's purpose, not my purpose. Let's be people that stop looking for what is, what is my purpose? What it is that, that I'm meant to do and go, okay, God, what's your purpose? How can I serve God's people? Let's take the pressure off ourselves trying to come up with whatever it is that we think that God has called us to do. And let's just serve His purpose, serve people, love on the one faithfully, serve them faithfully. Let's just trust Him that He can take the mustard seed and create massive things out of it. Why? Because we're serving His purpose. After David had served God's purpose for his generation, he fell asleep. I don't know about you, I reckon it's one of the greatest things that could ever be said on your tombstone. Craig served God's purpose and then he fell asleep. Yeah? Why don't we all close our eyes just for a moment? Because I'd like to pray, just like David served God's purpose for his generation, that we would serve God's purpose for this community, for our families, for our children, for our church, for our nation. That we'd be people that are just, it's, it's, I'm not trying to find something for me, I'm just serving God's purpose. And I wanna tell you, as you serve His purpose, God will promote you, God will open up doors of influence, God will create all sorts of things for you as you serve His purpose. So Father, I pray right now for every single person in this place. Lord, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing, no matter how many things they've tried, no matter how many mistakes that they've made, it doesn't matter, God. They can choose today to be someone that serves God's purpose. And so, Father, I pray for them right now. Lord, that one, that they would forgive themselves if they've done things that they realise they shouldn't have done, that they'll forgive themselves if they've been misusing their purpose. Lord, that they'll forgive themselves because, God, You forgive them. 
that we'll be able to get ourselves in right relationship with You, repent maybe of some of the things that we've done and realign ourselves again and say, okay, God, I'm gonna serve Your purpose. I'm gonna serve Your purpose. That as we get up in the morning and get out of bed, that we'd have a statement on our lips of, God, what's Your purpose today? Not what's Your purpose for me, just what's Your purpose? What's Your purpose? How can I serve Your purpose today, God? And that we'd have opportunities as we go into the workplace to serve the person beside us, to serve the person behind us. As we go about and hang out with our friends while we're on the school holidays, that we'd have an opportunity to serve our friends, to love on them, to be faithful towards them, to love on God's people, because God's people are everyone. We pray this week for the Fiji team that as we're in Fiji, that we'll be serving God's purpose. No agenda other than serving God's purpose for those people. We pray for them all. We pray for, for Rima, we pray for Anna, we pray for Jason, we pray for Utiki, we pray for Avery and Jaira and Judah. And even though they're young kids, God, that they'll be serving God's purpose as they mix and mingle with the other children, that there'll be an impartation of the power of God on their lives into those kids' lives. Father, we just wanna be people that serve people, serve Your people, serve Your purpose. I thank You, God, that I don't have to find my purpose. I just have to serve Your purpose. And I pray for every person in this room that they'd have an opportunity this week, whatever it may be, however small or large it may be, that they'd have an opportunity to serve Your purpose. And there'll be a sense of fulfilment that will come upon them in a way that they've never, ever experienced before. And that ultimately out of that, we would see lives changed in Jesus' name.